Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. We're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. We have pictures of all things triathlon and fitness related. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And we're also Facebook friendly. The latest links to the coolest things in multi-sport, plus conversations to make you think about why you try. It's FitSpeak on Facebook. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission, and here is your Wenting's word of the week. It is Giro. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff members at Wentings and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wentings word of the week is Giro. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With spring already here, it's time to build that fitness in the great outdoors. Whether you're hitting the trails, the roads, or the lakes to get your fit fix, TriJoy can help. We can maximize your training time with structured and motivating sessions. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Our next guests, a couple of guys from the Okanagan who dominate the age group podiums, not only here in British Columbia, but Canada as well. Both have been on the podcast before, but neither of them would have been voted most likely to qualify for Kona in their respective high school yearbooks. Um, formerly from Squamish and now from Penticton, welcome back to FitSpeak, Mark Tan Curran. Hello. And still the record holder for the Ultra 520K Triathlon, welcome back to Dave Matheson. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Well, you guys are looking really fresh, fresher than I am. I'm feeling a little bit beaten up, and I don't know if it's because I was one of those lucky folks who got his COVID-19 shot in the past little while. I uh, did some swimming in a lake earlier today, which was wonderful. The temperatures are really coming around here in the Fraser Valley. Um, have you guys dipped your toes in either Skaha or Okanagan Lake yet? Nope. Nope. Haven't even bothered. Actually, I, I was going to go today with my thermometer to get a reading and I was going to post it. I didn't have time to stay on my bike too long. Nah. Well, <laughs> well the, warm, the warm lake in the Okanagan right now is probably the one that they do the Oliver Half in, right? How do you pronounce that? Is yeah, it yeah. Tuckle. Tuck that's Tuckle Newit. Tuckle Newit. That's yeah. how the locals pronounce it. Okay. I'm, I'm always yeah, trying I mean, to... I've, I've been in Tuckle Newit as early as May. Okay. That's the earliest I've been in, and uh, as far as Penticton, like Okanagan, yeah, you can maybe get in in June. It depends on what's happening with uh, snow, uh, the melt, you know, the snow cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think this year, this year might be a bit earlier because I don't know if you yeah. noticed the water level is very low right now, and usually at this time of the year it's very high. Yes, yeah. so it might warm up quicker. Yeah. And a lot of the snow is melted, right? So mm-hmm. I think all that uh, cold water's already entered. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. So what were you guys doing? Martin, you said you were out for a bit of a longer ride than you had anticipated. What was happening on your schedule today as far as training? Oh, I just woke up, 
super early, like seven o'clock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I swam 7.30 and then uh, I went to help uh, another cyclist to uh, do his bathroom. <laughs> oh. And then, then, then I said, okay, it's enough. Let's go for a bike ride. So ah. that's, that was the day. That was the day. So a swim and a bike as well. What about yourself, Dave? Actually, pretty pretty much the same as Martin. I uh, I got up early. I got up at five because I have to work uh, at seven. So sorry, seven thirty. So I uh, got up at five, walked across the street to the pool, uh-huh. <laughs> swam at six. Yeah, I try and get those six a.m. spots. They're hard to get. Every now and then, I get lucky. So got my swim done at six six to seven and then worked worked all day mm-hmm. and then i actually went for a bike ride as well around 4 30 went for a couple hours up uh up towards apex aha uh-huh, nice stuff and a hell of a climb going up to apex i know martin no sorry did... toward towards apex not oh, not not to I, the top went, in that direction no, no. i went we to did. the ranch and came back oh, okay we did the same we did oh, the same did? but we looked around from, oh, you uh, went down the other side, yeah. Yeah, we came down the highway on the other side. Oh, that's a great ride, too. Yeah. Speaking of great rides, um, there's a great ride that may or may not be happening at the end of August. I think you know what I'm talking about. Ironman Canada mm-hmm. was supo- supposed to make its triumphant return to Penticton in 2020, and instead we had the uh, COVID man who... Uh, had a few people attend anyway but um what do you guys think as locals you're talking to people you're seeing um what's going on in your community there in penticton dave what do you think is this thing going to be a go from your perspective as much as i would like to say yes i have uh i'm not very optimistic to okay. be honest i just uh it just sounds like we're kind of behind the eight ball everywhere yeah around around here anyway like in canada at least and uh myself like i'm not getting vaccinated at least until sometime next month so that means my second second shot's not going to come until september probably so i just don't know if we're going to have have enough people vaccinated and you know to make it to make it safe enough to have a race yeah to be honest i haven't heard like to be honest maybe martin's heard more but i haven't heard a lot of input from iron man like I, I don't know maybe they're just holding off and waiting to see whether or not you know they're told they can't do it before they make any announcements but uh i don't know i'd like i'd like to be more optimistic but i have uh, i'm not yeah martin you were about to say something the vaccine thing is it's gonna i know some people that are 35 that got vaccinated they're getting yeah. vaccinated tomorrow they're in cam loops but here doesn't look like we're getting vaccines. <laughs> you don't really know where those vaccines go. We might be lucky because she registered for a vaccine last week and she's getting it this week. Huh. So it can come in faster than we think, but it it's never guaranteed, right? So yeah. I think they should have a, an agreement with the USA and let every Canadian that has a race in the USA to defer to one in Canada. And same thing, the USA that has a race in Canada. So everybody can differ in their own country and then actually they can keep it a little bit safer staying in their country. I like that. I like that idea. There's more control. I mean, I, I'm, I'm willing, whatever, whatever happens at the end of August, whether it goes or not, or some version of it. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it too. I'm doing. I'm doing COVID, man. If I have to, I, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be ready. 
Yeah. I'm going to do okay. some version of Ironman Canada. For right. sure. Jesus, if, I, if, I, if, I needed if, some, I needed some, uh, company out on the race course last august last i mean year. that that was that was like doing challenge penticton it was so lonely out there man, oh, man. i tell you i was in that race i know <laughs> talking about the new race course of course i think dave you were one of the first people to to know about it and you had posted some of your early impressions of the bike course um what do you think of the new bike course and the new run mm -hmm. course now that they finally said yes we are going up Vancouver Hill. As far as the bike course goes, I absolutely love it. And and I'm one of those guys who just love the old course, you know, love um, every part of the old course, including the old out and back in Me too. Boston. Yeah. I know most people most people hate it. It's yeah. like, oh, it's just so bumpy. It's the worst part of the ride. But to be honest, I kind of loved it. I <laughs> like because you could see your competition suffer out there and and it was just epic right it's just yeah. it comes at the at 100k in the bike course i always loved it but <clears throat> with the new change i was uh, a little skeptical at first but i mean after having ridden it now a number of times i actually think it's an improvement i think that um that out and back section is absolutely beautiful it's probably it some of the best some of the best riding around oh, is wow. in that in that area, like the Willowbrook Twin Lakes area. Yeah. The road surface is great. I mean, it's a little bit more challenging, maybe. Um, yes, you know, it is. Uphill, uphill yes, it is. But I um my opinion is I think it's an improvement and I love it. Mm -hmm. Let, let's stick on the bike course for a minute and I know Martin you were actually a resident there uh, of Twin Lakes so that was kind of like your backyard for a couple of years when you had moved from Squamish what do you think of the new course we actually didn't feel you have to base yourself of course but it didn't feel that hard because the fact that you can get out of your it kind of feels good at that stage of the race because you're four hours in and you just did a huge section down in gyro position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you climb, you climb out of Kermia, so it's kind of hilly, challenging coming up. And then there's that 18 person grade at Twin Lakes. <laughs> and then you feel like you're going for a nice rest. You still pedal, but you don't have to push so much because mm -hmm. it's, it's downhill. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of feel a bit more rested to come back up and then it's all the way downhill to Pen to Pennington. So. Yeah. It's a nice finish if you have yeah. a tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, one thing to think about. Uh, end of August in that little area that of uh, Twin Lakes, St. Andrews area, you're likely going to have blistering heat and a headwind. But, but like like you said, I think I agree. I agree with Martin. It's really not. It's not that much more challenging. I mean, it's all about pacing, right? And if you pace that course right first three quarters of it yeah you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine in there and i martin and i wrote it we've written it a few times now know how to taste properly and you know felt great right till the end yeah what i'm telling a lot of the folks who are doing it for the first time and haven't uh, had the opportunity to go quite that far in their triathlon careers and this was going to be their first one is it wouldn't hurt i mean the last iron man we had was in the area was of course Whistler which was one of the most difficult bike courses on the Ironman circuit so um, go get yourself yeah. a 32 for the back because yeah. <laughs> you probably will have a new best friend at the back of your bike there in the last uh, last hour or last two hours uh, of the Ironman Canada so we get off the uh, bike and we get on to um, partly a brand new run course Dave have you have you tasted that yet? 
I live a couple blocks from transition, so I, I run up Vancouver Hill on KVR quite often. So I mean, and I've been doing it for years. Yeah. So I was I was quite happy to hear the run course. Um, I mean, again, I would have liked to have seen the original going down Scott or sorry Eastside Road to OK Falls. It was, yeah. it was kind of epic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I understand. Yeah. I understand they couldn't do it. They had to make changes. So I think I think they did a really good job coming up with this course. I uh, people freak out, right? They go, "Oh my gosh, you're going to run a transition and have to run up a steep hill." Well, you know where you're going to win the race. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? To be honest. Vancouver Hill, it's not really that steep, and it's not long, and you get you get a bit of a break. <laughs> you kind of go up, but up a rise, break, and up a rise, and I've met like it's less than a kilometer of climbing. And when you think about East Side Road and Skaha Estates coming out, out heading out, out, and then coming back, yeah, you know, you've got that hill to climb in both I directions. So yeah, I don't know. Was I haven't nice? actually looked at the elevation difference, but I I, I think this this run course is going to be awesome. Is the first 10K exactly the same run as the Peach Classic? Yeah, actually it is. It's the same, yeah, same. You, yeah, you turn around at, at, the, the um, at the pump track right before Naramata Road, before it crosses over to Hillside Winery there. So that that's that's a beautiful part of the, the run course, right? Running on the KVR with the scenery. Still a good day to sacrifice five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a bad idea. Just, just run, run a little bit easier at Vancouver Hill, and and, and not, uh, you're not going to win the race. Yeah, yeah, I think apples, apples might be ready right off the trees yeah. on the run. So if you're hungry, you can grab a snack on your way up. Yeah, I, I don't know how well apples would digest at that point in the race. Uh, you know, figs. I know. Oh, they're, so, yeah. they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? They they force you to run a bit easier. <laughs> yeah, they would they would do that. Yes. So we took a look at the course, and yeah, it is. You know, I mean, we're talking to a couple of guys who are accomplished. You know, Kona qualifying triathletes. I mean, if you look at the the middle of the bell curve for the peach classic there's a big chunk of us who are walking up vancouver hill because we know there is too high of a price to pay and imagine that at the end of a 180 kilometer bike but once again it comes down to pacing and i think as dave had alluded yeah. to you kind of back off you be sensible for that part because you could certainly end your day prematurely if you you know decided to come out of transition and run as if you're chasing after peter reed on a good day i kind of look at it too as i you know you get off the bike you, you don't probably necessarily want to go into it thinking well i'm going to walk up vancouver hill because i i think you kind of lose a bit of momentum if you do that you know i think you have the idea of i'm just going to maybe watch my pace watch my heart rate but try and keep your momentum going up vancouver hill at a slower pace mm -hmm. i think that would be a wise thing to do well well speaking of I mean, once, once you start walking once you start walking especially at the beginning of the run you're just going to give yourself an excuse to keep walking. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's my advice. <laughs> but I think I think when you do such a big race in the heat, you, you want to keep in check with your the maximum heart rate you want to reach. Yeah, for sure. Because the heat will hit you back if you do yeah. get over that target. Yeah. And, and depending it, on the day, if it's cooler, yeah, you might want to run up. If it's 42, yeah, yeah you might want to walk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, keeping the heart rate in check right there is. And, and for some of us, I mean, my running is, you know, 
uh, happy to say faster than the average age grouper in the you know 55 to 59 but uh, I could make my way up that hill just as fast with a nice walk as I could with uh, <laughs> some sort of bastardized uh, run after after the bike I mean the legs are still kicking in at that point but uh, let's move on to other things talking about racing it's been so darn long um, Martin I know that perhaps out of the three of us talking today you may have been the person to have raced most recently um what was your last race martin it was uh the last corner okay <laughs> I, I haven't <laughs> raced after that okay. was it uh 2019 yeah yeah and i went to Cozumel this year to do ironman in november yeah but i hurt myself just before i leave so i didn't race Oh, okay, so you're. I all... missed my chance. Yeah. So, how was your race? nice holiday in Mexico. What a stupid idea to try to train a, for a marathon in three weeks. <laughs> That's how I did it. <laughs> and and what was the injury? Twenty-two millimeter meniscus tear, uh, lateral meniscus, and uh, a few a few micro tear in the. Uh, ACL, and it just all happened at once. Just oh. at the end of my week, last run, I was 500 meter from home. Oh no! Could avoid it, and then it was my day off the next day. But and you took yeah. it in stride. So let's uh, take a step back because I know I was watching some uh, stuff on Facebook, and I know that Dave, you had went down there a little bit earlier than usual with uh, local yeah. pro Jen Annett. Yeah. That's right. And you did some training there on the course and things were good. Uh, who wants to go first? Because that was, was that your last race as well, Dave? Yeah, that was that Kona 2019. Tell us about your days. <laughs> uh, Dave, you had a pretty good day. I did have a good day. Um, yeah, like I said, I went down. That was the first time I've been there where I actually went two weeks before the race. I usually go about a week, maybe 10 days before, but, but we made it a three-week holiday, two weeks before, a week after. So... It was great because I found that just that extra week, you know, acclimatization really helped. But yeah, I know. I mean, it was nothing. The day of the race was pretty much like any day Kona, <laughs> hot and humid and windy. Yeah. But I, I mean, I had I had an okay day. I think I um, pretty much this typical typical result as I always as I always do there. Mm -hmm. um, swim well, bike smart, and then <laughs> try and run run well. Uh -huh. And uh, it's really it's really hard. It's really hard in Kona. Um, to run, to run super fast. Yeah, no, no matter how how well you pace. So, so you. Yeah. But I, I mean, I still love that course. Yeah. Uh, did, quick question. I mean, you've done the Ironman Canada, the old course, a number of times. How would your run times at Kona compare to your Penticton Ironman times? Uh, I'm assuming a bit slower, but how much slower generally? Ten minutes, Ten maybe. Minutes. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, I mean, I've had, I have, a sh I have had a really good couple, of really good runs in Kona where they were the same, mm -hmm. same time as any other Ironman course. I mean, it all depends, right? It all depends on so many factors. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in Kona, it's just exasperated, right, because of the climate and yeah. conditions. And so, if if you're a little off, yeah. if you're a little off in the day, then Kona is not not the greatest place to, uh -huh. <laughs> to feel that way. Yeah. And Martin had, uh, previous to 2019, he had a bit of a disappointment with his bicycle. We were talking about this oh, the yeah. last time. <laughs> and he wound up uh, on the side of the road eating hot dogs, I believe. Yeah. 
But that was the name station. Yeah, but that, that was, was an name station, so yeah, that was legal. It was legal. It was for the uh, staff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> since, since my day was over, I went to the bathroom and then I walked out. I yeah. smelled the hot dog and I, my bike. My bike was parked. I got a beautiful picture. I took my time to give him my email. <laughs> we took pictures. They sent me my email. I, I took a few breaks that day after that incident. I think I spent an hour on the side <laughs> of the road. Oh, jeez! In in the sun. That's probably where I got dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I broke my chain another time, same an hour after. It, it was a good day. Of, it's, it's just the training day. Because yeah. we were heading to um, Arizona six, five weeks after, right? That year, I did three Ironman. It killed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that now because I was down in Kona in 18, but I went for a training holiday ah. <laughs> yeah, <I am. laughs> and then i went to arizona and race but uh still a five-hour bike split on my garmin on one year which was the past year where everybody was beating records yeah yeah so if i if, if i could have raced i would have probably been very happy with the result but we never know so it's, yeah. it's no hit yeah let's keep it clear no hit <laughs> not in my world <laughs> and then i had a great run i think it was my best corner run and the year after, I had the same same run. So oh, really? apparently, I'm locked down. Three fifteen is my corner run, oh. <laughs> and now it's my target. Yeah, we were getting see. old. Getting older. Yeah, like like yeah. everybody on this podcast and everybody listening to this podcast. Yeah, it's been, but not aging because of too much racing because there hasn't been a whole lot of that. So when you found out that things were getting shut down, of course, the Dynamic Race Event Series was, was shut down. Ironman Canada was canceled. Even races in the uh, United States were all canceled. So that pretty much shut down our season last year. How did you guys spend your summer, uh, Martin? I came back from Mexico, had a nice cycling month, and then I came back. I did a running block until end of March. And everything was going well. And then uh, events made that, oh, there's no racing. I'm, I'm just going to have a really nice cycling summer. So I biked like a maniac. I think I put on <laughs> 20,000 20, kilometers last summer. Whoa. <laughs> More than I did on twice what I twice as what I did on my car. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then I hurt myself because I didn't run all year. So... I kept cycling because I couldn't do anything else and I hate swimming. So, <laughs> <laughs> but then winter hit and I hate swifting and I don't like the trainers. So I start trying to learn how to swim again wow. for the eighth year in a row. I stuck to it. It's been four months regularly, six to eight hours in the pool every week. Oh, and, wow. Uh, it's coming. I can almost swim as fast as Dave when he does a hundred, but I have to do me. It's a 50. Ah. He swims 100, I swim at 15. And I can almost keep up. He still passed me, but, you know, it's, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 wish I, could say, I wish I could say the same about me on the bike, Martin, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a bit of work to do there. Well, you, you can uh, always put on fins to catch the other person in a pool, but what can you put on a bike? Well, I guess uh, one of those engines or motors nowadays, yeah. but... Um, you just, so, you just get closer and closer to the back wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What about yourself, Dave? I know you and uh, you had some epic adventures with uh, Martin. Yeah, well, when I found out about COVID, I was just like, okay, no racing. I absolutely love training. <laughs> I love training just as much as I love racing, some, sometimes even more. To be honest, it didn't really affect my training a whole lot. I, hmm. I didn't do any major Ironman blocks because there was no Ironman races, but I kept the training pretty consistent. You know, I just swam, bike, ran all summer. A little less than I would normally have done, but um, which yeah, one suffered? Uh, like uh, Martin was saying, his run—he didn't run much and virtually didn't swim. He turned into a yeah. biking machine. You had more of a balanced approach. Yeah, I kept it. I kept it. I mean, when winter came around, I definitely scaled down the the biking and the running because I do a lot of skiing. Wow. So, I, uh, but yeah, as far as epic adventures. Um, I did the one with Martin that he organized last June, which was pretty fun. He planned to do this 400k bike ride. It was basically one big loop starting in Penticton and going all the way up the highway to Kelowna, Big White, down Highway 33 to Rock Creek, and then up the Anarchist and over and then back home. And so that was uh, probably the biggest, <laughs> biggest ride, well, definitely the biggest ride of my life. I didn't even quite make 400 because I think it ended up being something like maybe 350 or 360 when we got back to Penticton and I was done. Yeah. A couple other guys in the group were done. Uh -huh. <laughs> but Mart Martin and another guy were like, no, we're not stopping until we get 400. I'll let Martin tell you his story, but they, <laughs> they were, they weren't having any of it. They were huh. getting their 400. But so um, aside from that, I didn't really do any other epic adventures. I did buy a gravel bike ah, so that's i have kind of explored, explored that sport yeah. a little bit and i'm having a lot of fun with that so hoping to maybe do some some big gravel rides this year. i think we're gonna there's some wicked giant gravel loops maybe yeah. this year we do an epic gravel yeah. day a gravel from, camp <laughs> from dark to dark yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Martin, so when Dave and the rest of the crew decided that 350 or 370, whatever the heck it was, was enough for them, uh, but you still needed to do a little bit more. So uh, what time of the day was this happening and what did you do? Well, we, we didn't actually. The original ride was finishing going up Apex and back. True, true, yeah. But we ran out of time. From uh, also used to Penticton, we had a 40k an hour headwind. Oh, <laughs> God. I, I think I think we lost an hour on that 60k there pretty easily. Wow. So that set us back quite a bit. We got to town and then we all shook hands and wish happy uh, rest of the day. And we were going to meet at the Bad Tattoo for a beer and pizza after, which was sponsored by Lee at Bad Tattoo. Thank you. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good place to end the ride. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Dion Neal, which was the photographer for the ride, is a professional photographer for sports, which was amazing because we got some incredible shots for that day. He decided to come with me because I was going no matter what. <laughs> he came and uh, we were motoring on flat, trying to get our mileage in between Pentington <laughs> and Summerland. Okay. We actually went so hard at the end of that ride. We picked up some top 10 on the Strava segments. Oh, that is ugly. At the end of a, a 400 bike ride. And then his girlfriend following it, following us on the, what do you call it? The, the, the blinkers for safety oh, in the dark. Oh, the yeah. Hazards. Yeah. Because then we realized we got to use that tailwind. So we start biking towards OK Falls. Oh. <laughs> 
And we're not turning around. We're like, let's just keep going with the tailwind until we hit the 400. Oh, yes. And she was behind us, make sure we don't get hit by a car. It was pitch dark. I finished my ride, and I think he forgot to start his computer at some point for about 1.5 kilometers or something. So he, he was short, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. He's like, yeah. oh, no, I'm short. <laughs> so he, he did another out and back, and he finished <laughs> sprinting all out of the saddle. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like... You're crazy. <laughs> so obviously he wanted his beer pretty bad. So yes, that's, that's, he, yeah, he earned his sorry. beer and he earned his pizza at, uh, ba- was Bad Tattoo still open when you uh, had finished your adventure there, Martin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we, all, we all got together. We all got together in the back, in the back room. Lee had us set up in the back and he fed us pizza and beer. It was yeah. great. So, some great recovery food. Which, uh, so whenever I talk to people who do crazy ass stuff like this, um, one of the things I, I ask them is, well, a lot of questions, but while you were doing it, I mean, you knew pretty much what you were getting into. What were you having as, you know, food during this long bike ride? Because I know, you know, even in an Ironman, gels and Gatorade can get pretty nauseating and that's only after five or six hours and you were you were out there for, well, 10 hours or, or longer, right? In Big White, yeah. we stopped for way too long. And then and then in Rock Creek, that was, that Rock was a big... Creek, Rock Creek, we had actually lunch. We had yeah. a, a real coffee sandwich soup everything that you need yeah. food uh, yeah real food real food and i think we had some real food at big white didn't we some of us did yeah anywhere. and that there it took forever that's why it yeah took yeah i'd like to try it again and get the 400 in and either stop stop less at big white or leave earlier yeah. i think, I think we need that we need a car support with proper yeah. food ready to go yeah. and yeah that's shorter because when you stop for long your legs kind of turn into concrete too for a little while <laughs> You know, especially in Rock, especially in Rock Creek, because you leave Rock Creek, you got to climb up the Anarchist. Yes, I, I didn't yeah. have very, I didn't have it's like an hour, an hour and a half climb until you get yeah. to the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. You know, I had a pretty bad patch at about three quarters up Anarchist there, and these guys had to help me out, but <laughs> we mm. made it. Yeah, wow. It's funny on a day like that, though. It's kind of funny because. Some people were totally feeling horrible at the beginning of the ride, uh-huh. and suddenly they felt amazing, and the people that felt good start feeling tired. And there's a guy, he he was struggling for the first four or five hours, and like, he's never going to finish. Mm-hmm. He pulled up at the worst time with the headwind. We had to ask him to slow down. Oh, it was really? Wow. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. hard to draft him. It was just on fire. It was, yeah. It's amazing how just work out yeah the dynamics on a on a long ride like that and uh you don't know yet martin but i I suspect you will one of these years but dave certainly does um when you're doing an ultra triathlon whether it's the run segment or the biking segment uh the dynamics of you know being out there for seven or eight or nine or ten or eleven hours on the bike i mean a lot of a lot of things can change and a lot of that of course is preventable has to do with pacing has to do with nutrition uh, a lot of things at play um let's let's talk about coulda shoulda would have been but doesn't look like it's happening so both of you guys did Kona obviously 2020 was was a scratch and then we got into doing all these or thought we were going to get into some semblance of a training and a racing season for for this year for 2021 um Dave let's start with you what races were you supposed to be doing this year 
so this year, my plan was actually not a whole lot of racing. I was going to do, so obviously Ironman Canada was, was my goal, a race. It was, it was in 2020. My hopes were to qualify for Kona and then go to Kona this year. So, of course, that, that was scrapped. So this year, hoping that COVID would be under control, my plan was to do all over half, maybe the Peach Classic. Pretty yeah. much keep it local, ah, <laughs> and, yeah. then do Iron, and then do Ironman Canada. Yeah, and uh, that's it. I really didn't have a whole lot of race race uh, races on my schedule. Not a big disappointment. Yeah, huge disappointment. I'm, I mean, I'd really like to do Ironman Canada, but to be honest, if no races happen, I'm going to train as though they are and yeah. and just do simulated races. So, like instead of doing Oliver, I'll just go down and do a half Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Which is actually, it's happening. A lot of friends yeah. are just going to go there and do their own yeah. things. And-, and that was one of the things that we had did on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Now, this was all, and we're not going to ruffle any feathers here, but the question was this that I had to my panelists. If Bonnie Henry lifted the travel restrictions... Uh, and this is what I asked to the panelists, would you go, because a lot of folks here from our local triathlon community really love the Oliver race. So I asked them, would you go to Oliver for a kind of like a do-it-yourself? And, you know, it seems uh, the overwhelming answer was yes, because it's one of the lakes where you can go and swim earlier in the season. Of course, people are really jazzed about the bike course. It's tough, but it's fair. It's beautiful. The pavement is awesome. And the run course is, is the run course. So there's a lot of local interest in, in doing that. And it sounds like um, you folks being in the Okanagan, um, you won't have to break any travel restrictions. They won't have to be lifted. But it sounds like you got a bit of a plan there for the first Sunday in the month of June, right? Like for me, as far as the date goes, sorry, Mark, just as far as the no, date goes. Gonna say, I'm going to say, it's your turn to speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's Martin's. So um, Dave was talking about yeah. his races and keeping it local. Were you going to jet off to, were you going to do St. George? Me, I thought I was going to do Hawaii 70.3 oh, to qualify okay. for Corona this year. Mm-hmm. But that's in six weeks. And uh, I messaged them, but I still haven't heard from them. And there's a problem with my registration because there was a deferral, but never got the link to register after I deferred. Mm. But you're supposed to re-register. So they're looking at it, but six weeks to the race, I still don't know if I'm racing or not. And to be honest, I'd rather defer for 2022 because I don't really feel the need to put myself in a a risk position Mm. traveling right now, especially... You know, planes to an island, and yeah. it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you've got one of the and best training. Plus, plus, I started running last week, so <laughs> probably not going to be a great performance. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were asking me which race I signed up for? Yeah. All of them? Uh, well, Do we have time. <laughs> well, give, give give me a top five list. I that, but I, I, I was. I was registered for uh, Oliver, and then the deferral Kona last year and Oliver were a week apart. I was going to 270.3 back to back. Train once, race twice. Yeah. <laughs> so I rolled. But then the, the, the year after, they ended up on the same day. So I had to ask Angie to be nice enough to 
gave me a uh, Cultus Lake instead of Oliver for my registration because I, I couldn't do it. Uh, so I ended up not doing any of them. Then I was registered for uh, Penticton Ironman. I'm now registered for Calgary 70.3. I'm registered for Arizona again. I'm on the wait list for Kerdalen. That might happen. That will happen. It's just a matter of can I go there? <laughs> yeah. Because in the States, now the race is happening. They don't care. It's happening. They need money. <laughs> it's more important than life. So <laughs> they, like, they like their money. It's good. They're, they're, they're getting the vaccinated down there, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they're 90%, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty good. It, it sounds like most of the people who wanted to get vaccinated in the States have been vaccinated. Yeah. And of course, there's, the, there's you know, some of those people who aren't... Uh, aren't down with getting vaccinated and and probably just won't right but yeah martin yeah. you're quite correct and the race schedule is looking not not the races themselves but the race schedule is looking fairly normal like we were saying iron man yeah. or rather the 70.3 uh what is it the north american championships due to be held this weekend in saint george right and of course they had those other races uh around the states as well and florida a couple of times as well yeah they had 70.3s in texas one of the worst places right now and uh that was two weeks ago i haven't heard anything negative about it yeah. and then uh three races that happened this month do you know what they are in in the states i know st george is happening yeah, yeah. i haven't even following and then i look i look at my uh my strava stuff and i got a bunch of people in the same uh kiwami Yes. Uh, race team. They, they're yeah. doing a bunch of races every weekend. There's a race somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're obviously born in the wrong country for that reason, not the other. <laughs> for racing, <laughs> for yeah. racing, it's better over there. <laughs> Uh, speaking of more racing and stuff like this, uh, this is an unscripted question, but it just kind of hit me. Um, you can't close your eyes without seeing Jeff Simons on Zwift. Any time of the day, all the time he is like big time into Zwift I don't see you guys um tell me why you guys are holdouts what is it um about your personalities or, or about your uh, approach to training that kind of just yeah. didn't mix well with Zwift or or any of the online training platforms um so for me when I can ride outside I'm outside <laughs> in Penticton can be from almost March to October so that small window of the year where you just can't ride outside, mm -hmm. I I join um you know Kevin Kutchar yeah and his and his um his training group he puts on an online bike session and he does probably five days a week. I find I get a lot more out of that. I've tried Swift a few times. Okay. Um, the thing about Kevin's program, I find it's it's really structured. He. he and he's really good at the instruction, and uh -huh. uh, he's very entertaining. Uh -huh. and so I like that format. So yeah, in the middle of winter, you don't see me on Zwift because I'm I'm on Zoom. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm doing Zoom. I'm doing Zoom cycling classes, and I I really like them. Huh. Um, yeah. So yeah, Zwift just it never it never appealed to me. And, and I mean, I know I know I get a lot I get a lot out of Kevin's classes. Yeah. Um, you know, throughout the winter, we we definitely build on everything. We work on technique and power endurance and then throughout this throughout the winter we 
you know, we progress to um, longer workouts, like up to three, three and a half hours in the trainer. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting the work done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it. With, yeah. a, with a live instructor who, who's, the live instructor, who, yeah. whose last yeah. name is not Peloton. What about yourself, Martin? Um, not a Zwift guy either? No, big Zwift. No, I never like video games. And to me, it looks like a video game. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a keyboard. I don't chat with oh, my Siri on Zwift, or I don't. I'm, I don't interfere with other people's. <laughs> I just write. And after one hour, I hate it. Like oh really? It me an hour is like okay. I had a good good session. Yeah. An hour and a half. I'm like I can't wait to get out of there. No. But the only way to entertain myself on Zwift is to do races. Yes. But I mean, I hurt myself so much because I'm competitive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I get a really good training, but yeah, it's like one hour. I do two races back to back and oh. then I'm done. I'm like, okay, here's my TSS for the week. Now I can go running and do other things. But I, I just, it's good to take a break too, I think. Do other things like other winters. This winter I didn't, but. I usually go to the gym and work on other things mm-hmm. just so I don't hurt myself. Other muscles that needs to be taken care of that you forget about. And uh, I enjoy spending time just doing things in the gym. I can stay there two hours yeah. mm-hmm. working on everything, but nothing crazy, just maintenance. Because mm-hmm. me, I have a problem. I, I put on weight. I, I used to be a gym rep, so uh, <laughs> muscle memory. Mm. So I, I cannot build muscle because then it's it's bad for me. Yeah, so I, have, I have to make sure that I train to stay lean and not bulk up. And it sounds stupid for some people, but it it's pretty bad. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love to have that kind of a problem putting on uh, masses as, as as quickly as you can. Of course, you've had well, I, the experience as a gym rat and, and and some physical labor jobs as well, right? It, I did the. I did some construction this year quite a bit coming back from my old life where I was a construction, a roofer, which quite physical. I did put on weight and then over a year of construction and working hard, you, you actually put muscles on. And it's funny when you don't do it. I did roofing for 20 years. I did my own roof. I looked like a 70 year old man the day <laughs> after but those muscles were resting. Yeah. Totally. So it's like, oh my God, I can't believe how fit I was when I was a roofer, but it's, yeah. it's obviously not um, helping triathlon. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a, a different, you know, the kind of fitness that you can actually make money with, right? Not triathlon fitness. Nobody makes money. Well, so few make money doing that. Uh, yeah. You guys are putting on a super brave face saying that, you know, it's okay if we don't race this year, but there comes a time where you go, Damn, I wish I wish I could tow the line at a race. So I got a couple of questions to kind of end off the interview. So if you could wave a magic wand and make at least one race happen in 2021, that can be a running race because there's a lot of those in the Okanagan and you're both, you know, pretty good runners. Uh, it could be a cycling race. Uh, it could be a triathlon. Um, Dave, you go first. What would be one race you would really love to do in 2021? That's easy. Ironman Canada. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've been I've been waiting I've been waiting for this race to come back to Penticton for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's an easy one. No. Definitely Iron Man. Okay. And Martin. I'm gonna make it a little bit long story because it's a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> I ne- I didn't even know what I was triathlon like nine years ago. W- when did it leave Penticton? Uh, it, it left in uh, thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Okay. Thirteen. Twelve so was two- the last year. In 2012, I was here, and I did not know I was a triathlon. I was a total workaholic. Sheena Harris and Rob, good friends of mine, they they invited me to come and watch the race to cheer and have a weekend of camping. And So I came, and I watched the race, and then I looked at everybody. And I watched the finisher at midnight, and mm-hmm. there's music, and I was, like, feeling so happy. I was crying like a baby. I was so emotional. <laughs> and, but in my head... In my head, like, I was pretty fit, but uh-huh. not triathlon fit. But I thought I was fit, but gym rats are not fit. Sorry, guys. They're strong. <laughs> different, kind of, different kind of fitness. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is cool, and I know I can do this because I look at everybody crossing the line, and I'm like, I'm fitter than those people, so I can do this. But obviously, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, the next morning, which is Monday, I have to go back to run my business in Squamish. So I'm driving along and they were in the lineup. They registered me without asking. So the first race I signed up for was Ironman Canada in 2012, but I never did it. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> they moved to Whistler. Right. So I yeah. did Whistler. And then uh, it was eight years in Whistler. Then last year, it got canceled. So this year, it would be year number 10 that I would love to do it, but it hasn't done it yet. Uh-huh. So I'd, I'd like to do Ironman Canada one day. <laughs> yes, yeah. back in Penticton, because that's a, that's an experience you haven't had. And now that you're a, a homeboy in Penticton, boy, you know, the, the crowd's yeah. going to be cheering for you. You're going to know the roads better than anybody else, especially that out okay. and back through Willowbrook. It will be your race. Um, yeah. Before we uh, sign off on the podcast, uh, you've obviously, between the two of you, had a lot of podium success, uh, plus the fact that you are just such lovers of the sport. You've been in it a long time, and even though we've had COVID, you're still sticking with the training. Martin may be a little bit more bike-heavy than Dave, but you're still putting in the hours and having a hell of a good time doing it. Let's start with Dave. Any uh, training tips for our listeners, uh, words of motivation, a workout that you'd like to share with them? Boy. You have to start with me. Um, <laughs> motivation. Given the uncertainty with whether or not we're going to race, a lot of people focus too much on, on the finish line, right, and the outcome. If you could just sit back and try and enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, um, because to me that's that's the ultimate part of training for Ironman is the journey. It's like watching yourself get fitter and fitter every day, and knowing that you're going to get to the start line in the best shape of your life. Um, so, you know, if it doesn't happen this year, well, you've got to experience that journey at least. And hopefully next year you'll just build on that fitness and be even more prepared when you get to the start line in 2022. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I would just say, yeah, just try and focus on, on the day-to-day and focus on the process and enjoy enjoy the training enjoy the, the journey to your Ironman yeah and, and don't have such a big focus on getting to the finish line or you yeah. know bastardizing or you know diminishing the whole process by you know 
having a time goal, which, you know, that, if you don't achieve, huge. you know, you throw up your hands and say, well, that was a crap season because I didn't go 1131. I went 1134 yeah. and, and, and so on. Yeah. Martin, mm -hmm. you come from a, perhaps a different perspective, perhaps the same, some training advice or some from uh, motivation for our listeners. Keep it fun. If you like running more than biking, run more. <laughs> yeah. If you like biking more, bike more. But make sure you do enough to enjoy your race day because that's the reward and you want to enjoy that day. I, I'm, a, I'm a number kind of person, so I think it's important to take time sometimes to sit down and look at your progress because it's a very good source of motivation. So if you mm -hmm. can acknowledge your su everyday success, then you, you, wanna, you know you're getting better and you want to keep getting better. And it's a motivation to say, hey, I'm still getting better, so I'm just going to keep going. And so the race, the day you don't enjoy your training, mm -hmm. it's because you're doing much. And that's probably the only thing you have to be careful of. Because I'm a professional at getting there, doing <laughs> too much. Yes. Then I have to back up. But I, I enjoy getting there because I, I need to find a limit. It's, it's important for me to know the yeah. limit. Mm, it's yeah. just the way I've been. And I think everybody has different limits. And I don't think anybody should judge themselves from capability because we're not all born with the same capability, the same talent, the same power, the same genes. You have to focus on your own progress, not where you sit between all the people. That's, that helps you to keep a good mindset to say, hey, as long as I get better, it's all better. Martin so. and Dave, thank you so much for uh, fit speaking with us on this beautiful uh, Thursday. Um, wishing you the best of health. Hopefully, you guys can get your shot sooner rather than later. And uh, hope to see you back in Penticton when uh, the authorities allow us to do so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Great. Looking forward to seeing you, Kev. We're, we're still doing the, the Ironman, if it happens or not. So <laughs> yeah, right. we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. It might be a long day, but we're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mikey Ross, coach with Abbotsford Triathlon Club, and here is my top five list for FitSpeak. Pace Perfection Practice. When I do a pacing workshop, I always ask the participants, what do you want to learn about pacing? And I get answers, something along this line. I'm in a half marathon and I don't know how to pace. In past races, I started out like a rabbit, but I ended up like a turtle. I wanna be able to run forever without ever getting too tired to go on. Oh, I love running fast and I wanna run faster, but I don't wanna get injured. I'm a pretty fast runner already, but I wanna get faster. So wanting to get faster is the common thread, but many runners are unsure of how they can accomplish this safely. So here are my top five techniques for mastering pacing, both when training and racing. They are all field tested and track and road and trail and treadmill. And they're a core part of my own personal training program. If I didn't do them, I would not recommend them. Number one, sweet zone. Master the sweet zone pacing. At this pace, you feel you could keep going without wanting to stop or needing to fade. And by fading in this context, I mean getting progressively slower due to your physical, dietary, or mental fatigue. 
Your current running fitness is a deluxe combo of how long, how far, and what average pace you can run. As running fitness improves, so does Sweet Zone. These indicators will help determine if you've hit your Sweet Zone in your very next run. It feels almost easy. It looks relaxed and confident. It can sound chatty if you're a talker like me. And it's comfortably within your aerobic heartbeat range. Doing Sweet Zone running is a fundamental foundation skill of any pace-based runner. Number two, race pace base. Once you accomplish sweet zone pacing, you may choose to take the elevator up one floor to the number crunching psych ward. Don't worry, there's fire escapes, windows aren't sealed shut, and you can leave at any time. A quick reminder though, the words joy and fun are important to tattoo into your running brain before you go up there and start worrying about numbers. Don't let numbers on a watch override the joy and fun you have in any run. Now most GPS-enabled sports watches can actually approximate your optimal race pace for you if you program in your heart rate ranges and complete several runs. Knowing your race pace base helps you train smartly and safely. A race pace base is simply the pace per kilometer or mile that you were able to achieve successfully in a couple of your most recent races or tempo runs where you paced evenly and didn't fade. You can also use the overall pace of your last couple of recent longer runs where you ran evenly and didn't fade. Number three, fartlek. What a name. Fartlekking is actually random running at various paces, ideally outdoors. It's simple. Pick a visual target and run to it. Recover with an easy run or jog or walk. Then pick a new visual target and run to it. And recover again. Repeat. Variety of time spent running and recovering is the key to fartlek success. Fartlek training allows you to adjust your running pace to whatever comes your way in a run or a race. Fartlekking also develops running resiliency. Your heart will learn to love it. Number four, tempo runs. Tempos are always done after a warm up and before a cool down. These higher paced runs develop the upper end of your aerobic range. Now in perceived level of exertion terms, it's about an 80% effort or about an eight out of 10. Tempo runs extend your running endurance, so they're particularly helpful in longer run or race distances. You know you've mastered the art of tempo runs when, after a long block of time running at the same pace, you still have a kick in you and can bring it on if you need or want to. The ability to finish strong at the end of a tempo run is like the run icing on your pace cake. And number five, my favorite, track intervals. As long as you remember the cardinal rule of listening to your body, track intervals are a foundation skill for improving your ability to dial in a certain pace in order to run faster for longer. You can do track work anywhere that you can measure distances, including treadmills, but an actual running track makes it easy to know where to run and when to recover. Track work is similar to fartlekking, but the random is removed. A simple track run would sound something like this. First, 10 minutes warm up of easy running and strides. 
Next, four sets of this. 400 meters running at 80% effort and 200 meters of running easy. Taking 30 seconds rest or walk between each set. Or, if fit enough, roll through each set without stopping. Finally, 10 minutes or more of easy peasy running to loosen the legs, check for sore areas, and get your heart rate down, down, down. Do not skip the cool down. I do pace for perfection practice intervals once a week and I consider them just as important as the long run. In closing, experiences in pacing help runners if that pace work is done safely, regularly and purposefully. You will eventually have the confidence of knowing how hard to push it in any run in order to get the results that you desire. So whenever you are lacing, be mindful of your pacing. For FitSpeak, I'm Mikey Ross. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. Coming up next week on the show, we're headed off to Vancouver Island for a chat with one of the most colorful characters in multisport. Nick Padnut will be our guest. Fitspeak is brought to you by Wenting's Cycling Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Jiro. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Jiro. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether you want to get faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. Just a reminder, we are on Facebook. We are your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's Fitspeak on Facebook. And now at Fitspeak on Instagram, your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story in pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program and maybe leave us a comment on the show or ideas for the future. For Roy Macbeth, Kevin Watt, and Mikey Ross, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.